You're listening to Life in Limbo, a podcast about building a life you love on the foundation of what's most important to you. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and each week I'll be chatting with an interesting person to explore how we can stay connected to our personal values, measure what matters most to us, listen to our own voices, and build a life we love. This week on the show, it's just me, and I'm talking about how I'm learning to feel more of what I want to feel every single day. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Life in Limbo podcast. Thank you for tuning in again. I always say that, and I mean it every time, so I really want to say thank you for being here and for listening every week, if you are, or if this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Thanks for checking this out. I'm happy to have you here. Today on the podcast, I wanted to share a little bit of a story that reminded me of something really important, which is that joy is often a lot easier to find than I think, and probably than you think. Um, And that goes too for freedom and I would say just happiness in general. So I know this might not sound groundbreaking, but it's something that I've really been ruminating on ever since this experience, and I wanted to share some thoughts on it in case you need this reminder too, and hopefully we'll all be a little happier the more we can remember this. So last week I was meeting up with a new client, and I was meeting up with her in an unfamiliar part of the city that I had never been to before and I was worried about being late because I'm dependent on public transit and it can be very unreliable. So I gave myself a ton of time, a lot of extra time and left really early and made sure to figure out how to get where I was going so that I could relax and have enough time before the session. And I ended up getting to my destination with probably about an hour to spare, maybe a little bit less. And it turned out that where I was meeting my client was right down by the water, by the lakeshore. And considering that I had so much time, I decided I'm going to go, you know, I've already blocked off the morning to be here, so I'm going to go and take a walk by the water and just keep an eye on the time, but just have a little bit of nature time first thing in the morning, which I had not been expecting and don't normally do, even though being in nature is something that really revitalizes me and makes me feel more like myself. Unfortunately, it's not something that I have been making time for a lot lately, and that is very upsetting to me. (laughs) So I decided, you know, I'll go for a little walk and I will go and sit by the water. So I walked up this sort of bank and around this corner and sort of sat down and looked out at the water and the sailboats and just listened to the birds. I could smell the flowers. I couldn't hear that many cars. It was just this really peaceful place and it was a really peaceful time of day because there weren't that many bikes and there weren't that many people walking around. There were some kids playing in a nearby playground, but really, you know, nine in the morning on a Friday, it wasn't necessarily the most packed time for this particular waterfront park or probably most waterfront parks. So I kind of had the place to myself in some ways, or it felt that way anyway. And I was just reminded of how lucky I am to have the lifestyle that I have. And it was that magic feeling that I'm always striving to get and to remind myself of, of feeling grateful, feeling really lucky that this is my life. You know, feeling like I'm playing hooky from something or... 
getting to escape from something. That's that feeling that I'm striving for. That's what motivates me to build this life and this business that are not always easy and usually result in a lot of long days of computer time, which is what had happened the day before, and I just was feeling really exhausted. But I noticed that just even being there for a brief period of time made me feel really revitalized really quickly. Like I just felt, wow, instant gratitude, instant how lucky am I, how beautiful is this, how magnificent is this nature, and how cool is it that this is only like a half hour transit commute from my house and that I have similar nature walks and nature activities even closer to my house, maybe 10 minutes away. And this was a reminder of that as well. And in the end, I think I only spent maybe 20 minutes total, maybe even less, in that sort of area that was right down by the waterfront, really close to the water that I could hear the waves, hear the birds. And then I had to go and I sort of went back towards civilization and went and sat at the cafe and, and waited for my client who ended up uh, being so amazing. It was our first time meeting, but she was really warm and wonderful. And we had an amazing session, but I had felt that feeling that I crave of feeling free and feeling in control of my life and in control of my schedule. And I'd felt it first thing in the morning and it made me feel replenished for the rest of that day. So it was just an important reminder for me of how close at hand some of these things are that really give me that feeling of joy and contentment and peace and happiness that I really crave in my life and how ridiculous it is that I don't give those things to myself more often. And it's not for lack of awareness because there are some thought leaders and writers that I follow for this particular reason because they remind me of making time for what's important to me and making sure that I design my schedule since I have that freedom uh, in a way that supports my happiness and my joy. So I recently finished a book by the author Laura Vanderkam. It was called Off the Clock, which is all about this, is how to sort of feel less busy overall and feel like you have time for everything that you want to do and have time for the things that really light you up and, you know, the things that you have to do too, the things that are important in your life and to not feel so strapped for time all the time. And one of the major takeaways that I think I'll be remembering for a long time to come is that in time diary studies, people who checked their phone less often were more likely to say that they had time for everything they wanted to do and to feel less stressed about time overall. And I think that this is a really important takeaway in general and for me because it's so true that the times that I feel the most stressed, it's usually a pretty high correlation with the times I'm checking my phone the most. And when I'm able to detach from that technology and from that constant communication with people, then I'm able to actually feel more abundant in time and feel more connected to myself rather than feeling like I always need to respond, always need to be on, always need to be sort of stressed about getting back to people and stressed about all the different ways that people can communicate with us these days. You know, you have text, email, calling, Instagram messages, Facebook messages, and all of these things on a daily basis that can be really hard to keep up. 
Uh, and that's just skimming the surface, obviously. <laughs> so one of the things that Laura Vanderkam recommends is to, for at least a week or for a couple weeks, to track your time in increments of 15 minutes or half an hour if 15 seems too much for you. And my uh, friend and ex-podcast co-host Laura and I actually did this on our podcast, Guinea Pig and Green. And I'll link to that episode in the show notes and what we talked about uh, and how that experience was for us. But to be honest with you, I can't really even remember what my takeaways were back then uh, because it's been a long time. So <laughs> when I read this recent book and she was really talking about how tracking your time gives you a much broader perspective on time in general, it encourages you not to squander time, and it also shows you places where you could actually fit in more of the activities that you really want to do in less time than you might think. Because you start to, when you're tracking time, you start to get a better picture of how time works, kind of, for lack of a better word, of how long it actually takes to do something. I feel like that's my main takeaway of this time tracking time. So I've been doing it this whole week. And um, yeah, so it's, it's interesting to just see, oh, you know, running errands, that took a lot less time than I thought. Or, you know, I wanted to read in the evening and by putting my phone away and just doing some reading, I was thinking, oh, wow, it's been so long. You know, that was a long time to sort of be reading for, <laughs> I guess. I don't know why I thought that. Um, and then I check my phone and I'm like, oh, it's only been 20 minutes or something like that, right? So it was enough for me to feel really like I tapped into my book and got a lot of reading done and then to look at the time and think, oh, okay, that didn't take as long as I thought. The same goes for things like cooking or eating or getting ready in the morning, um, even work to some extent. I do track my time for some of my client projects and that can be interesting too to see, oh, that felt like it took forever, but actually it was only an hour, only half an hour. Um, alternatively, I was starting to notice this week of how much extra time when I'm in flow and I'm not even noticing the time pass because I'm doing a project I'm really excited about, um, like updating my website, for instance, which I did this week with some new photos how that time can just go by so quickly without me even realizing it. And, and I'll be like, wow, why didn't I get more done today? And then it's like, okay, I did get a lot done today, but it's just that that task took up a lot more time than it felt like it took up at the time. So I actually would really recommend this exercise if you're interested in sort of getting more of a handle on your schedule and to see what you have time for, because I think that that can have a direct impact on whether or not you feel like you have time for those activities that really bring you joy and light you up and make you feel all those core desired feelings, if anyone's familiar with uh, Danielle Laporte's the, the Desire Map or really any manifestation teachers, they're always talking about finding your core desired feelings and trying to have more of those as a way to bring in more of what you want in your life. So I just think that this activity is so interesting and Laura Vanderkam has tons of resources on how you can do your own uh, time tracking week and she has spreadsheets and things that you can fill out. So I'll link to those in the show notes as well. But I am really feeling like it has been helpful. And I think that that also was what encouraged the mindset right before my client meeting. Instead of worrying that I wouldn't be there on time or feeling like, oh, maybe I should go and like prepare a lot more or maybe I should do some other email work. It was 
interesting for me to think, okay, let me take like one little block of time, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, and just use that as my nature time for the day instead of thinking that I need to put off nature time until everything else has been accomplished already. So that was a big takeaway for me. And, you know, hopefully one that I'll be able to maintain going forward. Um, Another teacher that I love who talks about the same kind of thing, although not necessarily from a time perspective, she sort of approaches it more from a money perspective, financial perspective, is Sarah Von Bargen of the blog yesandyes.org. And she has a whole course called Put Your Money Where Your Happy Is. And I've never taken that course, but I am part of her Money and Happy Facebook group where she talks all about basically exactly what it sounds like. Figuring out what are the activities that make you happy and putting your finances behind that as much as you possibly can. And what I really like about her approach is that she encourages you to get really specific. So there's a difference, you know, for example, between meeting up with your friends for an expensive dinner at a restaurant and buying three rounds of drinks and then going out to a show or a ballet or something like that versus having your friends over for a backyard patio party with a couple bottles of wine and some snacks. In terms of finances, there's a huge difference. So if you're saying what makes me happy is spending time with friends, she's encouraging you to get really specific on what does that really look like? What does that need to include to feel the way that I want to feel? And what does it not need to include? And that's not always to say that you choose the option that's the backyard barbecue, because for some people, maybe the going out is meeting some of those core desired feelings that you're looking for. And that's okay. That's totally fine. But it's about identifying where the luxury really comes into play with your happiness and where it's not as important. So another example might be for me, this is one I've encountered in the past of saying, I really love to read. Reading makes me happy. But then to get specific and to say, well, do I need to own books to be happy from reading? No. I mean, I think that's an example that's pretty easy for people to understand, but maybe that kind of mindset can help encourage uh, this kind of thinking going forward. Because of course, with books, you can say, okay, well, if the book itself is what matters or the reading itself is what matters, then how can I fulfill that need in other ways? And obviously for me, it's going to the library multiple times a week and picking out the books I like. And that to me feels like it's checking all the boxes in my love of reading, but it's not costing me any money or very little money for the most part. And so I really love her approach of getting really specific and not thinking that it's just about these broad categories, but really breaking it down. And her approach is also about making lists of those activities of thinking, okay, like what are those really specific happy making activities that make a huge difference that really move the needle in making me feel happier on a daily basis. Maybe some of those cost a lot of money, but some of them cost no money or are free or are no money or are free. (laughs) Same thing. (laughs) Little money or are free. And that means that we can sort of pick and choose and help direct our resources where we need to go. But 
part of the reason I love her work is that it's kind of coming back to the same idea that I started this podcast with, which was saying that sometimes those feelings we're looking for of joy or freedom or happiness are a lot closer at hand than we might think and don't require a ton of time or money to get to. But we need to remember what they are, we need to be specific about what they are, and then figuring out ways to direct our resources, whether that's time or money, towards those activities can often be a lot easier than we think. This was also something that came up <laughs> when I was at a retreat earlier this year. My friend Sonia and Moni and I, who, Moni, you heard on the podcast already, Sonia will probably be next season. She's one of my closest friends and she runs a company called Nurture. We went up to Moni's house, which is just outside of Ottawa, and we had a three-day retreat for just us of working on our businesses and thinking about our businesses and our personal lives from sort of a big picture perspective. It was super magical. And our main intention when we went into that retreat was we said, you know what, I really want the answers to be easy. And I want the changes to be things that we could just go ahead and make tomorrow. You know, these are not things that we need to save up for or get ready for. They're things that we could just implement that are going to make a big difference right away. And what was amazing was with that intention in mind, how many really easy answers we found. In fact, I would say almost all of the things that we ended up talking about were things we could act on right away. Did we? No. I mean, some of them needed a little bit more incubation time, but we really could have. The action steps were easy enough that we could have implemented them the next day and it would have made a big difference. And one of the things I remember so clearly from that retreat was I remember, I think I was talking about my schedule and feeling a bit frazzled and feeling like I wanted to take on more clients and different capacities, but not knowing how to do that and not knowing if I had enough freedom in my schedule. And I remember Moni just looking at me at one point and saying, okay, but are you able to set your own hours for your clients? And I said, yes. And she said, okay, and what about like deadlines and stuff? Are people really fanatical about those and you need to sort of get everything done in a certain time frame?" I said, well, there are a few sort of weekly expectations, but no, not necessarily. I can really kind of set those deadlines as well for myself. And she remember she just said to me, okay, it sounds like you have everything you need and all the freedom you need to figure out whatever schedule you want. And I think she was like, and to be honest, I'm a little bit, you know, envious of that because that sounds great. And I remember just thinking, oh crap, she's right. Because I do, I do have that freedom and I just don't choose to use it. I could just take off in the middle of the day. I could take off three hours, and sometimes I do, uh, to just go to the park and sit there and read. But because of my own scripts, my own internal expectations of myself, how I believe a workday, quote, should look, uh, or what I feel that I have to get done today, right now, because people are waiting on me, that makes it so that I don't always take the freedom that I really want and the freedom that I ultimately have. I've set up my life in a certain way to support me, but if I'm not choosing to actually make the choices that will support me, then what's the point? I might as well just be working at an office, you know, if I don't actually make those changes. And I just feel like this is a theme that keeps coming up in my work with clients as well, of just feeling like they'll tell me what their ideal weekly schedule is. And then I realize, wow, they're not actually that far away from that. And I think with just a few small tweaks, you could get to that. And that's what I tell them. And usually it's like, oh yeah, 
it's almost like we've forgotten. We've kind of, us entrepreneurs, we've set up our lives in this way uh, to try and give ourselves more freedom and then we don't end up taking it or we don't end up making those tweaks that would really make our lives so much easier. And I think this actually goes for people who are not just entrepreneurs. I mean, this podcast is not just for entrepreneurs. Um, I think that there are so many ways, even if you had a more typical job schedule, there are probably so many ways that you're not accessing to bring more of those feelings of happiness and joy and contentment into your life on a regular basis that you're just not thinking about. I recently, uh, on my photo shoot day, I had my friend uh, Laura there with me and I remember after the shoot she said, these are the kinds of activities that make summer feel rich and feel like summer. It's not going home after work and watching Netflix for three hours because those just blend together. It's doing something that feels special and different and really making the time to do those things. It doesn't cost more. It doesn't take more time. It's just choosing differently and choosing with more intention that really makes such a big difference. So this is a lesson I am really always trying to learn and I'm really trying to let it sink in Part of why I'm trying to talk it out here with you listening, thanks again, uh, because I just think it's important and it's not trivial if we don't make these kinds of intentional decisions, our lives and our weeks and our days just pass without noticing or without being memorable in some way. And I don't want that to be my reality and I don't want it to be yours. So let me know what you think of this concept that things, the feelings that we wanna have are so much closer than we think in terms of both money and time and how we can just make small changes that make a huge difference down the line. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Life in Limbo podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at Steph Pellet on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. As always, you can find show notes for this and all episodes at lifeinlimbo.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.